You know, sometimes it can feel like it is always winter, but never Christmas. Winters and life can feel long, and skies are gray, and and there's no hope springing up. The bleakness can drain us, and we can become cynical, and we can become skeptical, and we can allow that coldness outside to seep into our hearts, and we can become cold ourselves. And last week, we saw Zachariah and Elizabeth waiting and waiting, and things looked impossible, and and doubt and disbelief flooded their lives, but God broke through that situation, that cold, dark winter, and he brought joy and hope into Zechariah and Elizabeth's life. In the Chronicles of Narnia, the White Witch, we've talked about that last week. And if you missed it, hey, go on the app and check out our older sermons. But the White Witch cursed the land so that it was always winter, but never Christmas. And sin's effect on the world leaves us feeling that very same way. Proverbs uh, thirteen twelve says this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. No one likes waiting, right? That's, that's the worst thing in the world. It feels good to get what we want. But when our expectations are delayed for, for a long time and we have to wait, we can experience disappointment and disillusionment and loss of hope. That word deferred means to drag out. Dashed hope makes our hearts sick. And 2020 has been full of deferred hope, right? Vacations deferred, success deferred, progress deferred. We had so many plans and so many dashed hopes. And this has certainly not been what I would have hoped for. Year three of pastor at CBC, and we've got plans, and we've got expectations. And man, this is the year that we're going to get better at discipleship, and we're going to get closer as a family. This is the year that we're going to reach out to the community unlike any other year. Year three, this is the, the, the congregation uh, for the most part, trust me now, and, and they know me, and they know that I love them, and I want to reach this town for Jesus. Hope deferred. This is not the way I would have planned this year to go. This is not what you would have wanted. This is not ideal. Now, God's been good. But God, come on, this is not the plan that we hoped for. Some of our hearts are sick over the deferred hope of 2020. And look, that's totally justified. It's been hard. But what do we do? Well, there was a young, engaged lady that knew a little bit something about deferred hope. So let's take a look in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. So an angel appeared to Mary, and she was this engaged 
a woman. She was engaged to a man named Joseph. This angel was the same angel that we talked about last week, Gabriel. Same one that appeared to Zachariah and Elizabeth. Now, don't forget, this isn't a little fat baby with wings, right? Verse 28. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at these sayings. She tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Again, we see this first reaction to this angel as fear. Don't be afraid, Mary. I'm not going to hurt you. God sent me to tell you something wonderful. Verse 31, and behold, you would conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. What? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Angel, that all sounds great, but I heard nothing that you said after the word conceived. I'm going to get pregnant? I'm not married. I've never been with a man. What are you talking about? And she said in the next verse, verse 34, Mary said to uh, to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? What is going on? What are you talking about? This is not the plan I had. Sure, I want kids someday, but I'm still planning a wedding and I'm still getting to know Joseph. (gasps) Oh no, Joseph. What is he going to say? What what is he going to think about all this? I'm not even sure I believe this is happening. How is he going to react? Am I crazy? Am I nuts? This isn't the way that I had this year laid out. Finally, she says, okay, how is this going to happen? What is going on? Verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Gabriel tells her, this is going to be a miracle of the Holy Spirit. You're going to birth the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Son of God. I know this looks impossible, but remember your old Aunt Elizabeth, how she was infertile, she was barren, and in her old age, she became pregnant? Well, just like God made that happen, he can work this situation out too. Well, now, Mary needs to figure out a way to tell Joseph, right? This is a big deal. There's a lot of anxiety and a lot of worry. He's a good man, she thinks to himself, herself. His family is, is uh, in the lineage of David. They have a name to uphold. What is he going to say to this story that I've got? Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. 
when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Broken engagement. Man, that's so, just two words are so sad, right? Broken engagement. And we don't know if Joseph believed her. Why would he, right? But we do know this, that Joseph felt like it wasn't a good idea for this marriage to continue. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Joseph's hopes were dashed, and Mary's were too. And now Mary might have to raise this baby on her own. Things were not looking up. Things were going uh, crumbling all around Mary. But Joseph was a good man. He wasn't going to make a big spectacle of this. He didn't necessarily want to see her shamed or, or uh, you know, even stoned in those days. He wanted to handle this quietly. Matthew 1, 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Gabriel shows up again. This time he tells Joseph, hey, look, Mary's not lying. Mary's not crazy. Go ahead and marry her. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, that behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So the wedding moved forward, and Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born. But this is not the way that Joseph had planned this engagement to go. He didn't, he didn't want to explain this timeline of this baby to everyone that would come and see this sweet baby boy. Oh, look. Yeah, the baby's so cute. Look at his eyes. How old is he? How many months old is he? Oh, really? How long have you been married? Oh, well, bless your heart. He didn't want all this awkwardness and all this uh, anxiety wrapped up in this joyous occasion. This is not the way that Mary had hoped this her firstborn would happen, right? Confusion mixed with being shamed, mixed with excitement, mixed with hope. This is not the way she wanted this to go. But right in the middle of all of this going on, Mary wrote a little worship song, thanking the Lord. She saw hope breaking through the curse of winter, and she decided to believe something that was unbelievable. Check it out in verse, uh, you'll see it here on the screen. It says this, you ready? And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon my humble state of his servant. 
For behold, now on all generations, he will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms. He has scattered the, prayer, uh, the proud in their thoughts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has always uh, uh, sent away empty. He has helped his servant in Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers. And to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary says, God chose me. God chose me. I can't believe it. God chose me to bring life through my suffering, salvation through my sorrow, not just to me, but to the entire world. Now, Elizabeth, winter broke the spring with something she asked for, right? Something she prayed for, something that she longed for, an answer to prayer that was impossible. But Mary, her winter broke the spring with something she didn't ask for, something she would not have wanted. She thought it was a mistake at first. Everything seemed to be crashing down. Joseph was heartbroken. This relationship looked like it was irrevocably broken. But now, She can rejoice looking back at what God did through this winter. He has done great things for me. Whatever her fears, whatever her questions, whatever her doubts, she chooses to believe God. Now, Zechariah, the priest, uh, the religious figure, the professional Christian, right? He didn't believe that he and his wife in their old age could have a son. But Mary, this teenager, believed that without a partner, that she was going to have this baby. Why? Because God told her that that's what was going to happen. Mary decided to have a crazy amount of faith in all of this. And things didn't get easy after that. Things got even harder. While pregnant, the Roman government told uh, the people that it was time to get their taxes. And they would take them a hundred miles away, whether by walking or by donkey, to a faraway place, away from Mary's family. This was not the way that this pregnancy was supposed to go. And her deferred hope must have made her heart sick. But through it all, she had hope and she had faith. I don't know what winter you're going through right now. I don't know what unexpected event has crashed into your world and made you worried and sick about this deferred hope. I don't know what situation you're in that you didn't ask for. But I do know this. I do know that God chose you. That God loves you. He sees you right now and God can bring good out of the situation you're in right now. And you may look back after you're through this winter And sing your own little worship song about how God has done great things.
things for you. I know there's been many times in my life where I felt like the storm was raging and there was no way out that I should just quit, I should give up. But now looking back on those situations, I can see where God was working that I couldn't see when I was right in the middle of it. Mary had hope and faith. She trusted God when it didn't make sense. And you may look back on your life one day. You may look back on this situation that you're in right now and say, God has done great things for me. If only for the fact that he made you, uh, he, he took you through it. Look, Christmas, the holiday, is not going to fix 2020. But Christmas, the person, can bring spring out of any cold, dead winter. So have hope. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose the faith and the trust that you have that God is good and that God cares about you and he sees you right now. People have been waiting for this Messiah in Mary's time for thousands and thousands of years, and, and he came. But he came through a lot of trauma. He came through a lot of suffering. And do you believe that God can bring a blessing through what you're going through right now? Can you choose, like Mary, to have faith and to have hope that God knows what he is doing and he knows where you're at and he sees you, he knows your thoughts and that his ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This whole situation happened so that God could be with us. That was the point of the first advent, right? That God could be with us. Do you have hope today? Do you believe and do you understand that God wants to be with you right where you're at right now? Psalms 39, 7 says, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Let's pray. Worship team's going to come. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes right where you're at? I'm going to give you a little bit of space and a little bit of time. Why don't you tell God right now, God, my hope is in you. Whether my financial situation changes, whether my health situation changes, whether my relationship situations change, regardless of what happens, my hope is not in the fact that those things are going to get better. My hope is in you. And this is why we, as Christians and followers of Christ can go through things and maintain an air of hope. Because our hope does not depend on our circumstances. Our hope does not depend on our situations. Our hope 
depends on the unchangeable God that created everything. And we know that he is good. We know that he has good plans for us. We know that he sees us and he chose us and he loves us. If you're a follower of Christ, he knows that you are his child. Have hope. Jesus, God, you know that for most of our lives, we've had it pretty easy. God, you do know that this year has been hard for a lot of people. Forgive us for the times where our hope and our faith was shaken. Forgive us for the times where we let doubt and disbelief flood our hearts. But God, through this situation, I pray that you bring something beautiful and something amazing. Draw us closer than we've ever been before. Help us to realize that when all else crashes and all else falls apart around us, God, that, that you are the one thing that never changes. You will never leave us. And you'll never forsake us. God, help us to be people of hope. Help the people around us to see our lives and question how we can have that type of faith and that type of trust and that type of hope in the future. Give us opportunities to tell others about Jesus because of the example that they see through our lives and that we're steady and that we're not double-minded that we're not constantly complaining and losing hope and taking our eyes off of you. God, help us to be a light in this dark world. In your name we pray.